Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFF THE BLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast. My name is Robbie Cox and I'm the host and bringing in the man, the podcast is named after Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, Robbie. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I haven't seen you in a week. We had a week off and it's been a busy week for me. We're doing interviews and chatting with people too and we're always a bit conscious of how much content we're putting out there because sometimes... Hearing my voice too much is never a good thing. That's what my wife tells me anyway. So I haven't seen you for a week. Uh, it's been a busy week for you, mate, though. You had some visitors down at the RIS last weekend. Have you been? Yeah, good. Yeah, like, uh, we, yeah, we had, we've had sort of a busy fortnight. We had uh, Lee Nugent come in, um, Greg Salter. Um, uh, Greg was on his way out to um, Wagga. Um, so he, he stopped in for two sessions um, and uh, we suited up for that one. So he got to see a bit of a bit of fast stuff. Um, and then, yeah, Lee came in two days later, uh, caught up with Lee. Then the following week, Rowan Taylor came in with Darren Howard and two guests from uh, the Brisbane Broncos, Matt Ballin yeah. and Lee Briers. Yeah, Lee Bryce. So Lee Bryce um, was over in the English Super League and with Wigan Warriors and all that sort of stuff. And Matt Ballin, obviously, um, a fantastic NRL player, state of origin player, and up there working at at the Broncos now. So, what what a, I've got to ask Shannon because I'm sure the question was asked by them as well. What what did two NRL uh, <laughs> coaches learn from from swimming? <laughs> Probably not much. <laughs> <laughs> But no, seriously, um, yeah, so uh, Rowan was spending some time with the Raiders on the Friday. So he came in on, on the Thursday and um, and then Saturday morning, um, Darren, who sort of put the whole thing together, uh, brought Matt and Lee in on, on Saturday morning. 
And uh, we're having a bit of a head out. We're doing some descending 150s. Um, and, uh, yeah, Rowan had just sort of introduced me and, and talked briefly about the last sort of 20-odd years of my coaching. And uh, and, and then from there, we, we just kept chatting, you know, um, talked about just doing something different outside the, the box. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, and as I was talking you know, to the guys, one of the things about coaching is it, it's the commonality is dealing with people, isn't it? Mm. It doesn't matter what your you know, discipline is. Um, and when I was AIS head coach, um, yeah, once a year we used to have to go, you know, for instance, Melbourne. I can remember one time I got to meet Greg Chappell. Uh, had lunch with him and we chatted and, and you know he he was the one that said it to me and I never f- forgot it so um but I always came back yeah you always went there going oh what am I doing this for <laughs> yeah I came back going oh that was pretty good um yeah. and you know we get stuck in our little bubbles uh and and you know I was talking to Matt and Lee about that and and they certainly talked about that as well, you know, and it's good to step outside of your bubble, you know, um, whatever sport that is. And um, and sometimes you, you just go, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one dealing with these problems, you know. <laughs> it's not just swimmers, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. No, well, you're absolutely right. Um, and especially with NRL and there's so much around team and all that sort of stuff. I, one of the, the only books I ever read, and I'll, I'll – um, profess to this because I've got lots of books at home but I don't read them all I'd start them and then I get bored I'm not a reader but the only book I ever started and finished was uh, Wayne Bennett's Man in the Mirror I don't know if you ever read that there's another one coming out too which I've pre-ordered because I thought well if I've read that one I've got to read the next one Um, but there's so much in there even though he deals with NRL and rugby league and there's so much in there in terms of coaching takeaways and little things to to sort of you know as you said get you out of your bubble and your comfort zone and different ways to think about um now it was it it was obviously uh a successful weekend for the boys too because the broncos did beat the the raiders right. down there you know rowan spent some time with with ricky he, he, how did he how did he, he didn't pick up any bad habits from ricky did he because ricky wears his heart in his sleeve which in some instances i've got to tell you i think we're all behind the scenes kicking chairs at some of the some of the calls that get made when poor old ricky's on the bat the wrong end of it yeah. But um, did you get a chance to talk to Rowan after his experience with the with the Raiders? Uh, not after the game because they were in that Saturday morning. But I know that Rowan had requested, you know, could he be right in, in the box uh, with Ricky? I don't know whether I, I kept trying to have a look to see him. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't spoken to Rowan. I don't know if you're ever going to get time to just sit with Ricky anyway because he he seems like the type of coach you know, like and and swimming coaches. Um, resonate with this you know you're sitting down you're trying to be calm you know calm you're like nah let's just chill let's relax and all of a sudden the race is heating up you're like oh and you get up off your chair and then this might not be you shannon but certainly me and then they start getting a bit fast saying oh oh no we're on here next minute your feet are moving before your brain even thinks about it anyway and i feel like ricky's very similar like he probably starts just sitting in his box and Next minute he's seeing things. Next uh, next minute he's on the the next camera's on the sideline with him. So I'm pretty sure he was on the sideline swearing at some cameras on um, <laughs> on the night because they kept following him. And you know 
He's he's good viewing, but I understand his annoyance with, you know, he's just trying to coach a team and he's got four cameras on him the whole time. I would imagine um, Boxall's similar these days, He, you know, it, it was especially when they all just try and find him. He's just sitting there having a coffee, but the camera wants to see what he's doing just in case. So, um, no, I, I do think Ricky was on the sideline, yeah, telling F off. I don't think those were the exact, but I'm pretty sure he's, he said, uh, yeah, get out of my face. So, no, um, it's good to hear, though. It's good to hear that obviously those guys are trying to get out of their comfort zones as well. And for you, you know, having a chat with them, do you pick up stuff from them or is it a matter of um, getting your brain moving when you're talking to these guys that are obviously in a different sport and industry but certainly at a high level? Yeah, it is good because... Yeah, as we talk um, and, and we spoke, yeah, Matt asked, what, what is your daily environment? I said, well, this is it, you know. <laughs> like, no assistant coach, no one else really to talk to. Uh, so you, you're very isolated yeah. as a coach. So um, the uh, – and, and, but, but, you know, during the conversation, it was bringing up things from, you know, um, so many different areas of my coaching. And, and then you, you start to remember, oh, yeah, that's right. We used to do that or we used to do this and oh, we should do that again. So, so Would you recommend to the coaches out there listening, Shannon, to try and get out of their comfort zones a little bit and, and look at different sports like that and, and try and obviously no everyone's going to get access to the Raiders or, or the Broncos. Um I certainly, in my time, have tried. You just, I never hear back from from those top organisations. Um, but you know, you can. You, I think once we got to talk to the under twenties um, back on the tour, a couple, whatever was around. Um, but would you recommend? Have you ever done anything like that yourself? Talk to coaches from other sports, or gone out of your way to source them and talk to them? And is that something you'd recommend to the coaches listening? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know Dean Boxall um, spent some time. In the last, I think it was late last year, sometime um, with the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Um, I was telling Matt and and Lee, uh, I think Lee was talking to Rowan at this point, but I was telling Matt and Darren how I went up to Newcastle um, at the um, the Air Force barracks there and, and spoke to uh, the teachers of the fighter pilots. Oh, nice! Mm. So ended up in a plane at. Um, you know, forty thousand feet doing dogfights. I don't know. Well, I've got top Vomiting gun. Up. I've got Top Gun music playing in my ears right now. You got you're giving me oh, Tom Cruise vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the need need for speed. Um, so yeah, so I've done it yeah. quite a bit. Um, always sort of a bit reluctant, um, but always got something out of it. So absolutely, I'd recommend it. Geez, those guys, especially anything. I remember when I came down um, recently in the um, New South Wales and Queensland, they had a camp down there, and I think they went to the um, AFP. Where did they go down yeah, there? Yeah, they did. Um, and just listening to them, obviously hearing their stories and stuff like that, you would get a lot out of that because there's nothing more high-pressured situations in terms of life and death and having to be deadly accurate with with what you're planning and aiming so you definitely get a lot especially as you said the uh, fighter pilot coaches and stuff like that there's lives in people's hands up there in terms of what they're doing so 
you, you certainly would bring a lot away from that in terms of coaching techniques and trying to get people to really hone in and focus. Yeah, well, I, I was up there. Um, they, they came to the AOS and um, um, they were doing a tour, going around to different sports, and there was just a couple of things that I'd spoken, touched on about uh, dealing with difficult athletes and um, and it just resonated with them because I think at the time they their best pilots were the difficult ones and they were losing them. Um, so, so, yeah, they just wanted to investigate that more. So It's more Top Gun. It's just Top Gun again. The, yeah. the best ones are the Modilla like Maverick. He's just does his own thing. He doesn't listen to authority. Yeah. He's just out there <laughs> flying his own show, old Mav. Um, what a great movie that was. If you haven't seen the new one, Top Gun Maverick, by the way, go do yourself a favour and watch it because it was brilliant. Um, well, I'm glad we got to share those stories, Shannon, because, yeah, the coaches, for coaches out there, yeah, get find a time. Time is the hardest part, obviously, yeah. when you're on pool deck all the time and head coaches tend to be on every morning and every afternoon and – so it's a planning thing. I'm assuming a lot of these things you you plan, and as you said, Darren Howard and help plan stuff. So it's not easy. You don't click your fingers, but yeah, do yourself a favour and try and go out of your way to um to find other areas and different sports or, or different areas to learn from. Um, talking about things coming up, Shannon, New South Wales State Short Course Championships this weekend. You're coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um... Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of illness in the camp, um, so I've got one girl that won't be uh, competing, um, another one who says to me today she's feeling better. So whoever's still standing in the next <laughs> week or else will, will arrive, uh, and then we'll be at the short course um, as well, so the Australian short course. Um, and... Uh, yeah, from all reports, there's not that many people going to that. So Australian short course. Yeah, I haven't looked at the start list, but uh, I was talking to John Shaw this morning, and he said that, and I said, "Yeah, one of my swimmers uh, was telling me that there wasn't many people there." So, well, I guess it'll be a difficult one too, um, just with all the athletes. I mean, it's it's open event, so there's a lot of people coming back from world. Uh, champs that are probably just getting back into it, everyone that I'm talking to, whether it's Sam Short or Ariane or they're all just doing one-a-days at the moment and slowly getting back into it, so they're probably not going to be there. Um, whether or not your Kate Campbells and your uh, Mitch Larkins and people who have been injured and coming back from that, I know Bronte said she's coming up. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I think my wife's passed on her sickness, so we'll see how we go with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm assuming – It'd be a difficult one. That's why we talk about the road to Paris looking so different for everybody with World Cups and World Championships and different events. Do you think it's going to play out over the next 10 months similar to how it always has or do you think everyone's got different roads at the moment in terms of gearing up for trials next year? Like it's, typically this is something a lot of swimmers would go to um, and it's usually pretty big and – and then typically, you know, you'd go to all your different um, state open championships in the lead up to it. But as we've touched on, there's there's a lot of different factors at play and there's different World Cups and World Champs in Doha, which probably not a lot of the top athletes are going to. It's probably going to be, you know, a lot of the younger ones emerging. Um, do you think we're going to see a little bit of a difference over the next 10 months with who goes to what or it'll play out similar to normal, you reckon? 
Uh, I don't think it'll play out similar to normal just for the fact that Doha's there. So, um, yeah, it, 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 that'll be an interesting one. Um, I, I had to do a meeting plan with Rowan, uh, with Bronte, uh, you know, uh, for the season ahead. And he, he mentioned who was, he didn't mention names, he mentioned a number. I can't remember what that number is. But that was the number of athletes who were at Worlds who would be going to those Worlds. Mm. I think, I think, don't quote me, but I think it was like somewhere around that 13 to 15, which yeah. is nearly half. So uh if that is the number so yeah there's a lot that aren't i know from the ones that i chatted to there's a lot of going to world cups or i think um, sam short i spoke to yesterday uh he's going to go to one of the world cups um and there's a few diff so yeah there's it's going to be interesting just to watch so uh, for the listeners out there for the average punters who listen um i wouldn't be expecting to see your big names on all the events that you normally would see them because they're all gearing up to be at their best at trials to get on an Olympic team. So it's going to play out differently. Um, this weekend, though, what, what are you looking for from your athletes this weekend? Is this Are you um, tapering them? Are they backing off? What, what are you looking at results-wise this weekend? Uh, we just we train normal till Wednesday. Uh, did, did a bit of a heart rate um, set. Nothing too hard, um, but sort of in that A2 to threshold area. We did that yesterday. And then today we, um, we're going to go pretty easy um, and then they start racing Friday night. So, so you know, 48 hours, pretty pretty comfortable. And then just try to allow them to have a you know, decent hit out and then try and improve on that at the Australian Shore Course. I, I like the sort of, you know, the little window that we've got there, so of the two meets. Mm. Well, we mentioned <clears throat> Bronte, and obviously people listening uh, would be interested in, in her tracking and how she's going for, for her over the next few weeks. Um, I had her on the podcast uh, last week as well. Hers will come out next week. And I thought it was interesting with her, you know, the evolution of her swimming. She's almost gone back to starting again and building back up. So everything that she's doing now is like, oh, okay, that's a little bit better than last time. That's good. Like it's still not probably near her very, very best, but she knows she's not there yet. So it's it's a matter of like retraining the brain. As I said, it's almost like going back to when you're a teenager and you're like, okay, now we're getting a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, is that sort of what you're looking for this weekend? Are there or and and obviously Aussie short course? Is there specific things you're sort of looking to see if there's improvements in? Uh, yeah, really for the, these two meets, um, the short, two short course at Bronnie's in, it, it's just race hit outs. Um, the, yeah, any technical change, just be looking to see if she's maintained that, um, during racing, but I'm really just trying to keep her moving, um, cause she's going to the world cups, um, you know, short course isn't her forte, never has been, so I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel. She did say that. She did say this would be – It'll be. she said she's excited for the challenge because she doesn't – she doesn't normally, yeah, do do them, so. Yeah, so – but she's definitely um, seen quite a quite a shift, actually, in the last month, so uh, – which has been good. Mm. Um, I was probably starting to think, hmm. <laughs> Are we ever going to get a bit fitter? But, um, <laughs> but she's 
she's like I've been surprised at how much she's shifted in the last four weeks actually so um and it's good yeah there needed to be one um but uh she's put in a really good block so oh that's exciting yeah she seemed happy too when we had our chat um, I'm assuming not just because she saw my big head on the screen. She just she seemed quite happy and content, and she's in a good place. So that was good to to have that chat and um, lends itself, as you said, to her being in a good place in in the water. And she's obviously um, confident. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, over the next few weeks with her racing, and as we said, that next step and evolution of of her comeback. Um, my next question was going to be around, I know, so Lee Nugent, for the listeners out there, was over there helping. We heard when uh, Rowan was on, he was um, helping in the warm-up pool. I don't even think he saw any of the racing on on deck. He was there helping and um, helping, no doubt, probably a lot with, with Dean Boxall's um, athletes as well because Dean, you know, with so many on the team running backwards and forwards wouldn't have been able to help happen so we know lee was over there and and he came back and i think he gave a bit of a debrief to a lot of the coaches a lot of the new south wales coaches and um on what he learned over there and what he saw now luckily enough for us here shannon on the shannon rollison podcast we have access to shannon rollison who was involved in that conversation now without giving too much away because you know we don't talk too much inside baseball here um what what were some of the things that lee saw or picked up on while he was over there that uh piqued your interest in that conversation that we might be able to give the listeners a bit of an insight into as i said without giving too much away yeah yeah um well, uh, yeah, we caught up a couple of times. And, um, you know, you mentioned Sam Short there. He, he was very impressed with Sam. Um, his ability just to, yeah, in the lead-up, uh, just do what needed to be done, no matter uh, who was around. You know, there was, for example, there was a session there where he, he was the only swimmer in the entire team. And he had, he had an option of not swimming on this particular day. This was in the lead-up in the camp. And, and he said, no, no, I want to go in and roll over, whatever. So Lee was just impressed even before the results. Mm. Um, the other thing, yeah, we always sort of talk breaststroke. Um, uh, and one of the things we were talking about was, um, yeah, how good the te- technique was um from the chinese boy you know just big guy uh but also you know it's always getting into a streamlined position um and just technically just almost to another level um and uh so we chatted a fair bit about him um and then uh also got on to you know women's breaststroke and was just talking about like I, I i said to lee it was funny like um the number of women who were under 30 seconds uh for the 50 but that didn't convert to real 100 a good what well, I, I didn't think the 100 was of, of that good a standard yeah um i thought uh apart from ruda you mean yeah i thought ruda was very good i think she Maybe underestimated. I think, the, uh, you know, I actually thought 
she could get that world record in the hundred. Um, and if if she's listening, and I'm sure she isn't, but <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. You'd I'd be, be saying you could do it. Yeah, it was uh, 19 stroke count down the first 50 with 29.79. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant breaststroke. Um, so, but apart from her, yeah, I thought it was a bit, bit iffy, really. Mm. When you look at the number of people who can go under 30, and then they're not converting it now. Um, so I think coaches got to be a little bit careful with having a look at that because you know the the to get under 30 seconds you may need to swim a particular way that they're sort of watching youtube and trying to join the dots and but that may not be necessarily a good breaststroke for 100 yeah um because you know uh I'm pretty sure 65, well, you know, I remember Rega going 65, 9, 10 years ago and not being able to get a medal, and you could have won a medal with 65, 9 this time. And back in 2013, only two people went under 30, and there's a lot more. So there's been a shift, but I don't think it's an, an, an efficient shift, whereas I think um, Ruda, her efficiency and speed go hand in hand. Well, that's what I was going to, I guess, ask you. you. You mentioned with coaches just being careful. Is it a matter of the rate and efficiency is is not there and sustainable to come back? So if you're going yeah. under 30, that rate uh, and efficiency isn't yeah, where it needs to be to hold a good 100. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and that's the problem with YouTube and the accessibility ability to it. I, I have, I've had a, I've got a notorious swimmer who just, watches it and then starts changing it, their stroke uh, without any consultation of me until about, you know, when I'm doing these ones. I don't know, maybe she's just having an off day and then three days later I'm going, no, she's still doing that. <laughs> uh, what are you doing there? And she'll go, oh, I was watching such and such and mm. they swim like this, so I'm just copying them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Their coach is trying to change that. Maybe yeah. they're not happy with that and you're copying something that's not um, not in your best interest. So, and I, you know, I thought, yeah, I show, I'm showing my age here and I'm thinking, oh, God, God of the days. <laughs> Back in my day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so would you recommend, obviously, um, prioritizing the hundred and and not so much the fifty in terms of you know, what what are you looking for there? So when we're giving the coaches some tips and advice in terms of w watching your rate and watching your efficiency, is it is it more of you know not worrying about so much of a super high rate and get the get the efficiency right for that first fifty in front end first? What are we what are we giving the coaches here? Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's this little sort of dolphin-type action, a, a short half-type kick, stabbing at the water. You know, if, if you want to go down that path, well, yeah, at the moment, statistically, it doesn't look like it's, it's going to hold up over 100 metres. So I just think you've got to be careful, you know, of who you're watching and, and what you're trying to copy and yeah, really understand it 
And have you got the sort of athlete in front of you who, you know, are you going to go down that rabbit hole and ruin the 100 and the 200 without even realising that's what you're doing, you know? Mm. Um, it's a bit like, and, and this is this is sort of the example I used. Um, I remember when I first got to Denmark and, um, you know, looking at, we, we did a little bit of filming, you know, nothing special filming, just sticking a GoPro type thing under the water and doing head-on stuff and all, and, and this is, um all the boys who were doing fly, I had about three guys who, who did fly in, in, in the group, uh, and they were freestyle fly type swimmers, and they were all pulling straight arms. And I said, oh, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, uh, such and such does that. Yeah, they only do the 55, and it's like their third event. And you're trying to swim 100 metres of butterfly, you know, like – be careful what you're trying to copy is is the message I'm saying here. And and they were just pulling straight through. Like, well, that's just not going to work. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I just think – and the difficulty now for coaches is your athletes have got so much information that they can get their hands on and we don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when you say that in terms of um... – you know, understanding why people are doing things. You see that often in coaching, don't you, that, um, you know, you, you might say to me, for example, oh, this is a good set today, Robbie. Where'd you get this? And I might say, oh, I, I saw it on, uh, you know, so-and-so's Instagram. It looked really good. And you might look at it and go, yeah, did you know he did that for like two Olympians that are gold medalists, you know, not 13-year-olds on a, on a Thursday afternoon? So you see that quite often, don't you? It's it's understanding yeah. what, you know, and then firstly understanding it so you're not sort of doing things that are uh, going to be detrimental to what you're supposed to be doing. Um, not only that, like you may have gone and watched someone coach, right? So, so let's say it's Eddie Reese in America and you were there on, yeah, the middle of the season and you saw X. If you went there at the end of the season, you'd see something different. And, and let's say it's a set. That set, Eddie or whoever it may be, may only do that set for three weeks and mm. then they move on or they've they've been doing a certain way to get to that point. And, and so you, you, you're, you're um, capturing a small moment in a big preparation. So you, you've got to understand... Okay, all right. I like that set. I could use that set, but why? Why is Eddie using that set? Yeah, oh, I'm using that set at the moment for X, or because I'm pretty sure most people don't do that set all the time. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the why is really important, isn't it? And I think I don't, can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough when I was coaching a uh, just a little squad up in Brisbane. Um, and Drew McGregor came out and had a look at, you know, sat down with me in the shed. I made my little office in the shed there, sat down, and we're going through, and he saw the 10-400 set. And he said, oh, okay, I like that set because I just don't like when you're do – why are you doing that set now? 
because it was beginning of the season or whatever, and it was pretty heavy. Like I was, I was expecting this this poor boy that was getting ready for open water and stuff. Basically, I was flogging him um, without realizing it that we hadn't built him to the stage and we hadn't built the engine yet to to push him. So it was a learning experience for me where Drew was like, I like the set, but I wouldn't do it now. And you can change that set and manipulate it to be able to happen now. And it just made my brain start to work. Um, Drew did that really well. And Brant Best used to do that really well with me too, just to get my brain like, okay, let's manipulate that to make it work for the now rather than just saying, oh, I like that set. I, w- I want to do that set today. Well, hang on a second, Scoop. Why would you do that set today? They're just getting back in the pool or, or you know, maybe they're at the back end of it and they're tapering off or whatever it might be. That's important, right? The why. Why are you doing this and what do you need to get out of it? Yeah, very good sports uh, scientist said to me once that there is no wrong. You just, you know, we're talking about sets. It's the main point is why are you doing it? That That's where the wrong takes place, you know. Mm. So. Yeah. And then the other thing um, Lee spoke about was uh, just um, uh, he thinks there's a big shift coming um, in y- a younger generation are coming through. And I said to him, I said, oh, I'm almost relieved to hear it, you know, because I was starting to think that are people are new people even swimming anymore <laughs> because the same names have been around for so long. And um he he tends to think that uh in the next twelve months we're gonna get a real influx of new new generation. In swimming in general or breaststroke? Oh, just swimming in general. So um, it will be interesting, uh, Junior Worlds in Israel um, kick off, I think, on Monday. Um, so that will be interesting to see some of those young stars. And this is one of the first times in a while that we've been able to see the junior Aussie Dolphins in action on a world stage just because of COVID and things getting cancelled, postponed and moved around and all that sort of stuff. So I know we've got um, you know, Flynn Southam, I, I did a podcast with uh, Bobby Hurley yesterday, OTB Headlines, where we sort of went through the team list, Shannon, and discussed some of the great talent that's on that junior Australian team. And um, I think, yeah, it is going to be interesting because even with the with female sprinters, and we've talked about this and I'm, we mentioned it with Rowan, um, on that team there's so many great junior girls coming through that are fast. They're mm. fast and they're only going to get bigger and stronger. So, you know, um, Lee's probably spot on there in terms of what the the next 12 months and then three, four years and beyond is going to look like. And I guess that's what makes next year's trials um, more exciting is you're going to have the, the youngsters that are keen and they want it. And then you've got the older athletes that have been there on the team and they want to hold their spot as well. So, it only adds to, from an Australian perspective, faster times and, and faster relays and that sort of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the world teams, uh, world juniors, you're right, starts next Wednesday, uh, sorry, uh, next Monday. Um, uh, I've got a swimmer over there who swims on the Wednesday. Yeah, I was going to say you've got an athlete on the team. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, there's a young girl from Albury, Wodonga, who was at the Australian schools who uh, I think in the 100 breaststroke went 108.9 or 108.8. Now that time would have easily put her on this world junior team. So um, 
So currently, uh, she's quicker than everybody who's over at the World Juniors. So that's just how how fast things can move. Um, you know, what was the saying? Uh, ignore youth at your peril. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, I'm glad to see that, yeah, they're coming through. And as I said, we're going to definitely see over the next week uh, at Junior Worlds um, some fast swimming, not just from the Australians. I think there's some... Some definitely some fast Europeans over there as well. I was, I was seeing some of the times coming through and entry times and that sort of stuff. So um, that'll be definitely exciting. Um, and as I said on the OTB headlines podcast, um, just keep a lookout on Instagram, uh, World Aquatics or the Dolphins page or, or anywhere there. I don't know if there's anywhere where you can actually watch it, Shannon. Maybe you might know of any like streaming platforms, but. More often than not, if you're on Instagram and you're flicking through, they'll they'll put up the results and you'll see different clips and all that sort of stuff. So keep up to date with it um, because it's definitely going to be the next generation of swimmers coming through and that way you get to see um, who, who's coming through. Was there any other little Who's bits? Of, well, yeah. Is he on the Southam, yeah, he's on the team. He's over there. This will be his first Junior Worlds Um because he's been picked on teams before, but I don't think they've got to go. So this is sort of his first chance to get over there and mix it um, yeah. mix it with the boys. I think there's a few around him that go 48 lows, and um, but I think he might be the only one that's going 47 mid-ish, high-ish at the moment. So yeah. interesting. But, you know, as I said, there are some fast European boys over there. Um, so wouldn't surprise me if he gets a shake in the last – in the last 10, 15 metres, but no one Flynn, I'm backing him in. Yeah, I think it's a clever move, you know, by Chris Mooney to send him because he's, he is still only young and, and, and you know, he, he's still got to win races, you know. you got to know how to win a race, you know. Cole Chalmers is good at that um, and you only, you only uh, get uh, those sort of opportunities Um at that sort of level that come around ever so often. And if he was to just go straight to the senior league, well, he might, mightn't win a race ever again, or he may maybe three or four years before he wins one. So I think it's a clever move. Yeah, well, even just in his own sort of maturation, I, I remember I, I still, um, it's in my memory, um, the video, the screen, uh, after one of the relays and he was standing next to Kyle Chalmers and just the difference in there's the man and there's still a boy who was going fast. So don't get me wrong, Flynn, I love you, mate. Uh, it's a fast boy, but there's definitely, when you look at size and maturity, he, he's still a young boy growing and maturing. So you're right, like to to give him access to still going out and racing other athletes in and around his maturation size is probably a good thing because otherwise he's just coming up against you know, men a lot, which, I mean, look at the world record holder is David Popovich. So it doesn't mean that you can't do it, but um, as you said, it certainly gives him a chance to to be a winner and get his hand on the wall first to get those positive experiences. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. I think we'll wrap it up there. That's a, Actually, before I go, what's the update on the lawn? How's that looking? We haven't touched on the lawn for a while. Well, funny you should ask. It's the last day of winter today. Yep. So, so um yeah, the lawn's doing these ones. Okay. <laughs> Just starting to tinge of green coming and things are starting to move. So, yeah, bring on spring. So it's looking positive. 
It's looking positive. <laughs> I must admit, when I came, I, so for the listeners, I did go to Shannon's house a few weeks ago for dinner, but I went at night time, so I couldn't really give anyone a big sort of um, update on the lawn because I couldn't really see it. I know they were protective of it. You know, I asked where to park, and they're like, don't park on the lawn. So they were protective of the lawn, but um, I didn't get to see it. So, no, it's good to get a bit of an update there, Shannon. All uh, right, thank you very much, mate. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us again. We've got a few really good episodes coming up. Um, um, a few nostalgic lookbacks on a couple of championship events and different things as well, uh, which, um, you know, we've had planned, but as we said, there's a lot of things that pop up and different content, and I'm conscious of not putting too much out there. So I'm saving them back, but we're going to get those out there soon. So stay tuned to the Shannon Rollison podcast. Good luck to all the coaches um, and athletes heading out to Homebush over the next three days over the weekend. Um Hopefully you guys all swim well, enjoy yourselves, and uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, Robbie. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.